0: Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website and to our web our listeners today uh, that are not part of our physical congregation right here in Tampa, Florida we welcome you to this broadcast today and we pray that as we gather around the word of God from around the world that that we are keenly aware that we're gathering together not in my name and not in the name of Independent Assemblies of God International, the fellowship that I'm part of, uh, not a denomination but a fellowship of independent ministries worldwide, Uh, just uh, stating today that we do have a covering and an accountability and an answerability, and uh, that we are independent, but we are dependent upon the Lord today and upon the Holy Spirit for this broadcast today, amen, and upon the Word of God for our source of information and guidance, praise God, so today as we gather... Two or more gathered in his name. There am I in the midst of them. Lord Jesus, I just thank you today that you are with us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to take the word. And you're going to plant it in good ground hearts. And it's going to bring forth fruit. Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold to the glory of God today. Amen. We're going to talk to you today about following Jesus to vanquish every. Enemy. I want to say that again, following Jesus, that we may vanquish every enemy, following Jesus to vanquish every enemy, a simple statement, but it is so absolutely essential to our victory today. Amen. If you have your Bible, just turn with me to the Psalm 23, the Shepherd Psalm. God is a shepherd in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and Christ is a shepherd king in the New Testament today. And that's why the psalmist is using as a shepherd himself an analogy of how God cares for us and how he provides for us in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. <laughs> or as Brother Shambock used to say, the Lord is my shepherd, he's all I want. Glory to God. Because he provides for every need of our life. In verse 5, it says this. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of of mine enemies, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now I want to read from uh, a Bible scholar uh, that understands uh, this shepherd psalm and the shepherd analogy today. And here's what he says. And I'm in complete agreement from my own studies of shepherds and the sheep and the way that they cared for them and how David was communicating as a shepherd king. Listen, contrary to what many commentators say, David does not at this point change the imagery from a sheep in the flock to a guest in a tent. As both Philip Keller and Stephen Habush point out, the tables are flat well-pastured areas in the plateau country. Before the sheep could be grazed on them, they had to be prepared. Poisonous shrubs and weeds had to be eradicated. It had to be beaten clear of snakes, vipers, nests, and the like. The shepherd must examine it for the spoor of wolves and bears and other predators. And be sure the table didn't lie in the path in their path to a waterhole, stephen habush recalls one shepherd who lost 300 sheep simply because he failed to prepare the table or the plateau or the pasture before he let his sheep loose on and i don't believe that he lost it to just snakes or just wolves that many i believe he probably lost it to those poison shrubs that he did not make sure we're not growing in that pasture land this verse is in in the psalm says everything that the closing phrases and this is a very controversial phrase in the pattern prayer with, known as the lord's prayer in the new covenant that says and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil now, the Bible is very clear in the book of James that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. This is not the temptation to do evil. This is not the temptation to commit sin when every man's led away of his own lust and enticed, according to James. There's another form of temptation, and that is the the trials of living in a fallen world, in a faulty body, with an enemy of our soul, a formidable enemy, the devil, not one to be feared, but one to be recognized as a very real present danger. Listen, we need the whole armor of God today. And in the Lord's pattern prayer, it's saying, Lord, don't lead us uh in in such a way that we will be vulnerable to the enemy, but but deliver us, <laughs> lead us to victory. Praise God, that this enemy might be vanquished, which simply means completely, absolutely, and utterly annihilated and defeated glory to God. God leads us to safety from danger and assures us of victory. That's what this part of the prayer is asking God for. And he does it by going before us to prepare the area that we are going to be in and we're going to enter into. And Jesus has gone before us into the world with all of 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 its dangers to prepare a table for you and for me as a child of God. John 16, verse 33 says it very clearly. Jesus said, These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. This word is phelpsis. It simply means anguish and trouble, and pressure. Why? Because this is a fallen world, and the Bible speaks of the rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places, and immediately we feel the pressure of, of, of living in a faulty body, In a fallen world with a foe as formidable as Satan truly is. And here's what he says to us. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus has gone before us to face and conquer every enemy that we may face in this fallen world that we may have courage and confidence that His love and power will never fail us. Listen to the Amplified of John 16. It said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you'll have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. <laughs> Glory be to God. Listen, if this, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. And I, I, I don't mean to be, you know, trite or I don't mean to be trivial. But if you don't have on your shouting shoes, you need to buy yourself some because this kind of promise from Jesus, who is the great shepherd and the good shepherd of the sheep, Who has gone before us. Let let me read that again. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain and undaunted for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of how power to harm you and have conquered it for you. See, he's not leading us into that That kind of temptation. But he's delivering us from evil by going before us. Because he's overcome by going before us and preparing a table in the presence of our enemies. We overcome. We claim the mighty victory of our shepherd king and that's why 1 Corinthians 15:57 and 58 is written in light of Jesus victory over death, hell and the grave and the devil himself. It says in verse 57 but thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You see, dear friend, our victory is God given through Christ. He's conquered the enemy. He's prepared the table for us. We stand in faith in His finished work in our behalf. We overcome our enemies because Jesus has faced them before we have to face them. And He has overcome, not using His divinity, but as a man appointed of God and anointed of God. Hallelujah. Jesus overcome the devil with the same weapons that He has made available to you and to me. God's armor is available to you. God's armor is available to me. And we're told to take the whole armor of God. Amen. Jesus is able to succor those that are tempted in that he was tempted himself, but he never sinned. We don't have a great high priest that is passed into heavens that, that isn't touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But in all points, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin, he went before us, faced the enemies that we have to face. And he did it in his own flesh. Amen. Listen, he did not do it, though he was God in flesh, he was God in in flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? He felt the pull of it just like us. He never gave in unlike us. But I'm going to tell you something. He knows what it feels like. And the Bible said, let us come boldly with confidence and courage before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. It goes on to say that in that he was tempted in another portion of Scripture himself, he is able to succor or give help and aid to those who are tempted. Praise God. And that involves temptation to fear, temptation to doubt, temptation to to question God's love and, 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 and his sovereignty. Listen, friend, Jesus has faced and overcome everything that we could possibly face, living in faulty bodies in a fallen world. And He has overcome. And He said, because I've overcome, and I can grant to you victory as a compassionate, sensitive, loving Savior. Come boldly. Don't be tentative. Come with courage and confidence, because I'm going to not only receive you, I promise you help because i don't lead, I don't just know how what you're being tempted by, I know why you're being tempted by it, and I have overcome it, and I can give you that victory and show you how to overcome it. Just follow me, glory be to God, our victory is a God given victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to know that Jesus loves me and that Jesus knows what I face and what I go through. Aren't you glad to know that today? Hallelujah. Listen, after after the, the many uh, horrific incidents that are taking place around the world, uh, there is a term that's being used the pandemic the earthquakes the the terrorism the the unrest of nations the the murders the political uh, hatred all of the things that are affecting us today there's a term that is used by sociologists and psychologists and it's called anticipatory anxiety it means we don't know what to expect next we don't know what is coming next but aren't you glad that our shepherd king has gone before us to prepare a table so that we can have courage and confidence in the future without even knowing what may be coming next. But we know that in the presence of our enemies, we are kept by the power of God and we are safe and we are secure. Because Jesus has robbed it of power to harm us. Hallelujah. Amen. When Israel feared because of the presence of enemies in the promised land, God reassured them though, though, though through Moses. Listen to Deuteronomy 1 and verse 30 today. It said, the Lord your God which goeth before you. There it is. Hallelujah. He shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He wants them to remember what He did for them when He brought them out of Egypt. Praise God. Amen. He wanted them to remember how He delivered them so that they would have confidence and courage that He will not fail them. Hallelujah. When when the enemies came up and resisted them. Joshua declared the same truth in Joshua 3, 9, 10, and 11. Listen to it. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Pezerites and the Gezershites. <laughs> hallelujah I'm not pronouncing it right but let me back up the the, the Gergashites, amen and the Amorites and the Jebusites and I just might want to add today when he, he when he drives all them out he's going to also drive out the uptites out of us can you say amen you know I said something the other day uh, to someone I said you know if a horse goes into a bar and the bartender says why the long face we get that because he's a horse his face is built long amen but when Christians go into church and we have that same long face not because our faces are built that way but because we're so up tight about everything, something is very very wrong, and we shouldn't we we shouldn't get that we shouldn't allow that. We shouldn't permit that to be the atmosphere and attitude of our heart. We need to cheer up, dear friend. Praise God. That's why David said, Hallelujah. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, it occurs to all of us. But we don't live in that. We don't lay and wallow in that. Glory be to God. When my heart, not if, but when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to that Rock that is higher than I, for the Lord has been a shelter for me and a refuge from my enemies. You see, God is driving out the enemies, He's preparing a table as a shepherd God and a shepherd king. Listen to verse 11 Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all earth passes over before you into Jordan. God led them to victory by going before them. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you today, I told you, you should put on your shouting shoes. If you haven't got them on, you need to put them on. Praise God. Listen. Today we need the power of God. We need the presence of God. We need the Word of God. We need the kind of faith, hallelujah, that says, soul. Why art thou disquieted within me? We need to question ourself uh, uh, instead of looking at the circumstances and saying, well, everyone should understand why I got such a long face and such a melancholy attitude and such a, a doubtful spirit. No, no. We need to shake ourselves. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've robbed the world of power to harm you. You're not going to fail, fall, and I'm not going to fail you. So cheer up. Praise God. It's your own attitude and your own reaction to the enemies that are around about you, that is causing you, that is such a threat to you. The enemies themselves are not the real threat because I've gone to prepare the table for you, amen, in the presence of these enemies, that they won't be able to harm you if you'll keep your trust in me, praise God. So it's time to cheer up, praise the Lord, amen, it's time to cheer up. David in Psalm 23, 5 is proclaiming, and celebrating a God-given victory in spite of many enemies. Listen, Del- David celebrates victory in 2 Samuel 7, 22-24. Listen to it. It said, Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation... In the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself, and to make him a name, and to do for you great things, and terrible for thy land, before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, art become their God. Oh, when God starts talking possessively of you, and we start talking possessively of Him, we are His people. He is our God. God's people have always had enemies. <laughs> God's promise have always been opposed. But that's okay because God's presence is always with us, isn't it? And God's Spirit always goes before us to assure us of victory. Christian peace is found in the presence of a person, not the absence of dangers. I want to say that again. Amen. Christian peace is not found is found rather in the presence of a person not in the absence of danger. When sheep were transferred from their winter to their summer pastures they had to be led through really wild terrain many times. Once again Stephen Habush, himself a shepherd for many years in Palestine says in his book, My Shepherd Life in Galilee, of some dark valleys, 500 feet or more below sea level, where even he dreaded to take his sheep, he said. Uh, the, uh, robbers use them as ambushes and wild animals lay in wait in the shadows. My sheep, he wrote, would sense danger, gather closely to my side. My continual calling and the sense of my presence gave them confidence and assuaged and allayed their fear. (laughs) What a marvelous, wonderful comment on the companionship of Jesus Christ with us in all of life's challenges and ordeals. My continual calling to them literally here by their names and the sense of my presence gives them confidence and assuages and allays their fear. Christ is calling to you, John. Christ is calling to you, Jeremy. Christ is calling to you, Alice. Christ is calling to you, James. Christ is calling to you, Alicia. And Latasha, Tasha, I call you, glory be to God, God's got a pet name for you, amen. You're God's sheep, the children of His pasture. He has gone before you, Christ has gone before you. Christian, it's time to gather closely to our shepherd king. Then we'll have nothing to fear. Then we will have nothing to fear. He hath prepared for us a table. Glory be to God. Jesus, our shepherd king, has prepared for us a table, and He is committed to us, completely committed to us. John 10, 10 and 11, in closing this morning, Jesus said, The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'm come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word for good is the phrase in the phrase good shepherd. It's not the usual word for good in the New Testament. The usual word is a Greek word which describes moral quality. But here the word is a different Greek word. A word that means not merely a, a person is good, but in his goodness, beautiful. It denotes a quality of winsomeness, of loveliness and beauty. I am the shepherd, beautiful. Hallelujah. We used to sing that song as a chorus of worship that Keith Green wrote and sung unto the Lord. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. When your grace is upon this child, your love abounds to me. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Uh, David said it of old, I want to inquire in your temple and behold your beauty. One thing, I get singular in what I'm seeking from you, God. I want to inquire in your temple and behold your beauty. Hallelujah. The goodness of God makes him so beautiful. Praise God. There's more than faithfulness in him. There's more than even virtue in him. There's more than even all truth in him. There is beauty in him. Praise God. David was captivated by God's beauty, God's goodness. And this quality and virtue in God's character consumed David's heart. He said, though, in Psalm 27, 3, 4, and 5. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire at His temple. For in the time of trouble, (laughs) uh, tribulation in this world, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes, observes William Barclay in a village or town, people speak of the good doctor. When they speak of him that way, they're not thinking only of his efficiency and skill as a medical practitioner. They're thinking of the sympathy, the kindness, the genuine heartwarming care he has for his patients. Which make him not just their doctor, but their friend. The Lord Jesus is altogether lovely. The fairest of ten thousand. Who else inspires songs like Jesus, lover of my soul, partner of my sins, and friend indeed, keeper of the garden of my soul. Hallelujah. Jesus, lover of my soul, partner of my sins, friend indeed. Hallelujah. Listen. Jesus came into this fallen world to go before us to enter into the very judgment of God to take the punishment for our sins so that God could be just and a justifier of them that put their trust and their faith in Him. God has forgiven us because Jesus has gone before us. Listen, today Christian, today is a time to cheer up, to rejoice in the Lord, to stand confident because He has prepared for us a table He has not led us into temptation, (laughs) but delivered us from evil. He's the good shepherd. Hallelujah. And we can rely on Him to compassionately, completely care for us. We can cast all our care upon Him, for He cares for us. I love the Amplified of 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all of your care, the whole of your anxiety, once and for all upon Him. For He cares for you and watches over you affectionately. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're in a very dangerous situation. Your one breath and one heartbeat away from eternity. The heart stops if the breath ceases. The soul lives on somewhere. God wants you to know where you're going when you leave this world. Jesus died for you. The thief came to steal your soul and to steal your joy and your peace and your very life. Oh, but He came to give you life, eternal, and life more abundantly. Come to Jesus today. Come and be saved. Repent of your sin. Receive Jesus as your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And He will care for you here and throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name.